Our Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the visions and protections of the past and for this moment that we have again to open your word, access to it, and to clean from it. Ask always that you will direct our thoughts, our thinking, conform us to your truth, and so that we might bring on and glory to you in practice. In Jesus' name, Amen. Um, Ephesians 1 and 4, the, the first part of this chapter talks about, well, the first part of this letter, this, you know, after you passed 1 and 2 with his readings, from 3 all the way to chapter 3 and around that culminating verse 20, 21, um, is, uh, let's call it a, a long prayer, but um, in from verse 3 through, I think, verse 14 of the first chapter, I think in the Greek text, this is all one long sentence, which would be a long sentence. Um, but the first part, I think, deals with praise. I'm, I'm going to read because we discussed to some extent last week the verse 3, but I'm going to read from 3 through 14 so we can get the context and then let's look back at some specifics as mentioned between verses 4 and 4, but from verse 3 through 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him, and in love he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heaven and things upon the earth. In him also we have a theme an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after his counsel, or after the counsel of his will. To the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, Having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14. Who is given as a pledge of our inheritance, with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. 
end of verse 14. The rest in 15 all the way through chapter 2 verse 10, I think um, really addresses uh, the issue of getting an appreciation for what he just mentioned. All of these things, praise, praise, and these, ver- these verses from four, 3 through 14. And the references in glory, showing up several times to the praise of his glory, to the praise of his glory, to the praise of his glory. And obviously that was intentional to focus on a certain point. Now, for context, it says, Blessed be, verse 3 and 4, but blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Here's a list, I think, of wonderful things, almost like a treasure chest. And you are, I guess, playing with the stuff from the chest, the, the, the valuables, and letting it almost fall through your fingers, just as he has, because there's a lot of in him, in Christ, in him. Verse 4 says, just as he chose us in him. By the way, the first he in there, just as he chose us. Who's the first he you think referring to? Just as he chose us in him. Is the he, is the same reference or referring to the him? Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Who is the he referring to? The pronoun he. Talking about he. Who he chose us. Who is this he who chose us? God. Uh, this is God the Father of God the Holy Spirit of God the Son. God the Father. Or none of the above. God the Father? Can we tell that? That's it. Said the final answer. Listen to the truth if we say so. God the Father chose us in Him, but who's the second Him? In Himself? Or this is in Christ? So God chose us in Him. Let me see. Before the foundation of the world. Why? That we should be holy and blameless before Him. Who's the Him there? Turn in your hymn notes to hymn number four. Which does him mean? Three. He. He him him. You mean my birth? Yeah, that would be fun. Long, long ago, even before he made the world. God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and with an outfold in His eyes. His eyes meaning God, God or Christ's God eyes, God the Father's eyes. Okay. All right. Before the foundation of the world, what did He do? Chose us. What does that mean? God chose you before the foundation of the world. You weren't even in existence before the foundation. How did He do that? How could he have chosen us before the foundation of the world? How do we say that today in our contemporary language? 
What is that? How do you say that to somebody on the street over the hill from the hood and say, hey, buddy, he picked you before the foundation of the earth? Um, how is that possible? Wait, 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 wait. When you say he picked you, he picked you just to, to be a human or he picked you to be his child? That's true. That's right. Uh huh. Uh, how terrible is that? Why would he pick you before the family? How did he do that? But he looked down the corridors of time before the foundation, before time had a, a place to be registered. Sign in, before time sign in and said, I am now present. Because is eternity time or eternity is outside of time? Be careful now. Anything you say cannot be used against you. Upstairs. Was there time before eternity? Does, does eternity involve time? You don't think so? So when you and eternity, time does not exist. Time has a limit. Time has a beginning and an end. So, could, 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 could time be wrapped up in eternity? And we are in the raptor part of it called time. Yeah. Um, yeah, they picture eternity like a line, and then time is a circle. Yeah, a little bubble. Yeah. And you were in that bubble called time for us to process events. We have to say yesterday. If, could you, how do you tell a story without any reference to time? How do you relate? to time without using any words that will suggest time. There should never be any reference to past tense. How do you deal with now? What does now mean? How do you communicate? We still have to refer to it could become complicated. It's almost like it's indispensable. You can't can't even communicate. <laughs> <laughs> Good.
because we have we are creatures of time, and so that's what we've been programmed to at least to live in. Now I tried living under the water because I was not a creature of the water. I couldn't breathe on any day. I tried that. The water came and there was no air. But I saw fish doing it. And, but they had a little thing called a gill that they take in water. And how somehow they were able to take oxygen out of the air. And they survived. I didn't have no gill, but I thought if I opened my mouth, that would work. Didn't. Just get a belly full of salt water. <laughs> and then there was still this incredible urge to breathe more oxygen. Air. Okay, what kind of air? Foul air is air, you know, and whatever I can extract out of that, I'll get. So it wasn't made for that dimension, liquid dimension. So when we say time here, uh, when we talk about that in reference to God, another story, and when it says from, we have been chosen by God from before the foundation of the world. The question, would you say that before the foundation of the world, it was eternity? So, if I say that you've been chosen from eternity, and in our case we have to say eternity past, because eternity still exists now, right? Um, and there, in a sense of us, the way we process things, there is still more eternity to come. Since I said come just now, there's still so eternity is this vast thing. We call it no name for us, but we say eternity. It just exists. There is no end, which is a difficult thing for our finite mind to comprehend. How do we really be? How do you explain? No ending, something that has no end and has no beginning. How do you explain it? You other than just saying it, just has no end. Give me an example of something else where I could understand that it has no end. People say number, number sir. What's the highest number in the world or out of the world? Because whenever you say whatever you say, they'll say, "What if there's one more?" And then one more. Is there a possibility of having one more? go a little further, one more step. And that is difficult to explain. So we come up with terms like infinity. Yeah. What does that mean? No end. So let's not talk about it. It keeps going and going. Energizer, funny. But there's one of the power, the intelligence. Keep beating that drum. Yeah. Eventually they will stop beating the drum. But you have been chosen. Which means that you have been chosen by God and eternity. Now, which point? There's no point in eternity. So, in a sense, you can say, from there was God, you've been chosen. Is that a stretch? Because from God exists, which is a complex issue even to conceive. Imagine God always exists. Yeah, let's give you a headache. Take, yeah, Tyler, take a time note. Take a big Tylenol. <laughs> just take it. Yeah. So you can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Just stop. Stop. Yeah. Tylenol and anesthesia. Take all combination. And when you knock yourself out, yes. Just, just then come back and say, do not think on these things. No see that. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, but imagine that. But see, 
But is that is that possible? It says that, but is it true? How do you how do you explain that? The lady who went out here to the washers didn't buy the clothes in Philippines. How do you explain to her that she's been chosen for what? Let me see what it says. Uh, before the foundation of the world, what do you know that? Just as he chose us in him, in Christ, I'm told, before the foundation of the world. Why? That you, we, should be holy and blameless before him. Wow. God wants us to be stand before him holy and blameless. No blame, just holy. That's cool, eh? That means this before. There are some who will be there, who will stand before him, but they will be unholy and blame guilty. But us, well, what's, what's the exception? Could God be prejudiced? And there, how did he show us? Before the eternity path, before the foundation. By the way, when was the foundation of the world began? When it began, right? What would be the foundation of the world? And God said, Let there be. Would that be the foundation? He could get no backhoe. No, he just said, Let there be. Mark that up. And it was. Throw things out there in space. We call stars, little suns. Then the things flow a little debris, you call a planet. You ever saw one of those planets that's shaped like a triangle? No. Why have they, why they all seen I've never seen one, I just want to see you see one. Yeah. Or see one that is rectangular, look like a cube or something just rotating, or is it just stationary and it's sliding? Oh, and this one keeps spinning, so it has this circular, round, oval shape. <laughs> That's the extra little amazing thing God has done to baffle, well, not necessarily baffle, but just to decorate the universe. From the foundation, you have been chosen in Christ. Long time ago. Does that apply to everybody, or just us? Just chosen them. Believe it or not. Right, because not everybody is holy and blameless. And not all believers were always from their birth holy and blameless before them. So God had this plan, long time that He wants His creation to stand before Him holy, holy. And if you're holy, you're blameless. Can you be holy and still be full of blame? Then I go to reverse it. I just can tell you I don't want to go with it. Can you be blameless and unholy? Sad, but he lived righteously. 
And I think in this context, it's referring to somebody who is about to I guess an ability to stand for God is not guilty. Uh, yeah, it has the ability. So once spiritual status is an ability that one acquires, is this by birth or this is by practice? How do you get it? Listen to the verse, end of verse 4 into verse 5. In love he predestined, predestined us to adoption as sons. Adoption, interesting word. And he did this through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention. Could that be a little kind of grace? Um, according to the kind intention of his will. Kind intention. In other words, good pleasure. In other words, it pleased him. He so decided, hey, this pleases me to have people stand, my creation stand before me. Holy and blameless. So he pray this time. Pray before this time, destination, destiny, us as adoption, as son. And he did that through Jesus Christ to himself. So he brought us to himself through Jesus Christ, calls us sons and daughters. Why? Because it brings him great pleasure. And so he chose it. That's, that's what he's going to do. And that's what he did. And this seemingly has happened a long time before 
the foundation of the world, before he said, let there be, is that possible? And then if you say yes, just give me a brief explanation of how you conceptualize that um, by saying you have been predestined, chosen predestined before the foundation of the world, to be holy, blameless before him, and he did that through adopting us as his children, sons, wife, daughters, um, through Christ, based on the kind intention, good pleasure. So God has pleasure. Wow. Yeah. What brings God pleasure? Here's the question. You are not. It has nothing to do with shopping. I, I thought about that. If God had to go shopping, what would he do? What was he interested in? But he did went shopping. Isn't that cool? Remember when God went shopping? Now, he did not go to the mall. I can tell you that. So take that mall concept out. Yeah. Fried chicken, fowl, KFC. What do you say? What? Predestined. Yeah, part of that. And um, the first part, how do you explain that? God has chosen. In other words, is that, is that a good thing? What's, what's wrong with that? If there's anything, or what's good about that? What is that? Does it evoke any emotion? Or whether that emotion is anger or joy. The fact that God chose us before the foundation. How do you know? When did you know? Or do you know that you've been chosen? And when did you realize that? That you've been chosen before the foundation of the world? And you say, why? I don't know. I like that in says. Okay. That's good. Stand before him. Yeah. And now you've been adopted. Did you know you were adopted? You know, some people are offended to say that they when they found out they were adopted. I am adopted. Where's my real parents? By the way, do you, do you know who you if you weren't adopted, do you know who your real parents were? Do you know who your single parent is? Do you know who he is? Do you know who your daddy is? Who's the father? Yeah. That's a good question. If you weren't adopted, Spiritually speaking, who is your people? You gotta say the devil them. Yeah. Satan is your father, and you have been adopted. Why is your God adopting Prince? Prince in great pleasure. But because you, you do it based on who your parents are. Your parents is, was. And then he adopts you and his family wants you to stand before him holy, blameless, and you figure out, now how do I do this? Because they're coming from a place, and these there's two different houses, contaminated, polluted, nasty, nana, coming into this holy, clean, pure place. I want them here, give somebody have through Christ. So he sent his son to that very place. 
the world. That happens. Uh-huh. And like, now how do I get them back here? He take on their filth so that they can get cleaned up. Then they can come stand before him. Not literally. It is conferred position. Bang, you're playing. Somebody got paid that. This house is it. Anybody come here getting dirty? You getting kicked? <laughs> Boy, that's a serious law. You come here, don't brush your foot, you're dead. Step in here, leave your shoe outside the door tread. <laughs> or you're dead. Somebody has a dead advice. But you and I bypassed that. How come? When did you know? Or do you know that you'll be chosen? Do you know that you have been predestined, chosen before? Time. Your destiny as a Christian has been, did you know that before you were born that you were going to be a child of God, a Christian? Did you know that? Did you know that God, is that possible that God knew that? Said, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when did you know? Oh, oh so you don't know yet. This is telling you are. Let me tell you right now. This is a bulletin, bulletin. God knew that you would be a Christian before. He said, let there be and there was. Before Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning of time, God said, let there be. And then this little bubble started. We call time. But when did you do you know that you have been free this time? Is that fair? Because the other side will, well, you are Christian. Person A over there is not. So God didn't choose them. So no use I talk to them about God because God didn't choose them. That's raising my breath. As if you're raising your air. Is that possible? Well, that's, some people may raise that as a, may raise that as a possible viable argument, which I'm going to shoot holes in as soon as they put it up. Punch a little hole in it. So, with another question. But, what do you think, what kind of, if any, conviction, emotion does that bring? That God chose you, looking back, before the foundation of the world. He did that thing. Wow. I don't know. When did I know? Last week? I just found out. But I've been a Christian for longer than Is it last month? Or this morning? That God chose me with this so that I can stand before him and hold him. Do you know then that when you stand before him, you will be holy? Does it not say in some place in the Bible, be ye holy as I am holy? Be like me. It has nothing to be like that commercial to be like Mike, huh? Mike wasn't old. Understand? Yeah, so, not like Nike, eh? Mike, Nike, Nike, Mike. Anyway, Nike, Mike. Be holy as I am old, says the Lord. But you're being treated such. This is good stuff. Look at the things you get. You've been chosen. Long time. Beyond time. Before eternity passed. 
before the foundation of the world, you've been pre-sad. The challenge is, how do you explain that to somebody since who says, well, have you been pre-sad? Last week, do you remember um, Brother Williams was raised, he started to raise the issue about free will. Um, I suppose they well, like God, already know that you're going to be, is that really, do you really have free will? God already determined that. You're going to be his child. You're going to be adopted. I'm going to adopt you. Nah, not you. I'm going to adopt you. Nah, not you. If God go around, <laughs> God go around doing that, then the person will say, you hear that? You pick me? Oh, I don't. But look, I don't care. Stand there and pick me. I can, I can jack up everybody and everything. And I ain't care. Because my, my fate is already sealed. So why would you go and tell your story to those person who God will not adopt? And do you know who he will adopt, who he will not adopt? And I don't know who he's going to adopt. So you don't know. So if someone says, thank you for the argument, it's not fair for us or for God to do that. Because we don't know who God has predestined. You should still share because you don't know who the person is. You don't know who the uh, couple of you is going to be the best part. As you know, I know people mentioned it's not fair for us to choose something, not choose another. Our justice is fair. Fair is more than it does with right. I say we put much of a even. I think there's a distinction in between the best foreknowledge and the destination. Foreknowledge means to know beforehand. Predestination or predestined means foreordained. Those are two distinct things. So, foreknowledge, God knows something beforehand, that's a, like a function of his omniscience. He knows all things. He will know beforehand who he's going to say. Um, predestination, foreordination, it's him. It's always, well, there's a function of his. How? And it's always in response, not in response, but always relates to purpose. Um, in Romans 8, it says, he, Romans 8, verse 29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of the Son. <coughs> so, and then in this part of Ephesians, he says, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. So, it's more like this is God enacting the process to make you more like Jesus Christ, at least in whom you think be more Christ like, become Christ like. Uh, this part here in Ephesians, predestined to adoption of sons. Seems like this is God setting the process in motion to, to make you come to Christ. 
So it, it always has to do with purpose. It's not, it's not just a, it's not the individual, it doesn't just stop on the individual. It, foreign knowledge has to do with evil. God foreign you this, God foreign you, that he would choose us. Well, that's the recollection of his predestination is. His purpose is for the individual. But it was God deciding that I'm going to talk to him when I get a book. So there's a distinction in my head between foreknowledge and predestination. So the person who is the recipient of this being chosen and uh, being predestined. So at which point do they recognize that? The unbeliever does not know that, does he? And at the point that you and I were at some point in the past were not a believer, at which point do you recognize or became aware that, wow, now that I am, the, believer, the unbeliever might hear this statement, read this, and ponder before they believe, they should readily see that that does not apply to them. And then they say, well, wait a minute, how does that... This is only for those who believe, but the moment he believes, he becomes a part of that um, grouping of individuals. And so it depends on their current knowledge. I think last week I used an example um, in response to William's comment. I talked about something about going out the door and then go left, turn and then make the first right, go to the room. Once you get into the room, everything automatically the door closed. Once you turn around, look at the door, you find out that your name is already on the list. Now, if I said go down and then go down the stairs and you can drop off and close the door, if he doesn't go through, he'll never know that he was supposed to be in that room. You know, uh, if he goes downstairs, he'll get his name downstairs too. You know, uh, not true, but that's where his name will be. Because it means in that These are the people assigned to hell. Oops. My name right there in alphabetical order. Fine. But he won't do that until he gets to it. Now God, who is not an omelet, only in every spirit, all-knowing, always present, all powerful. He can, he's not limited like we are. And sometimes that is the hurdle we need to get over mentally. When we say that he is predestined. And just for us as believers, in terms of what that does or maybe should evoke in an individual, that's a good place emotionally to be. Say, wow, God has chosen me. Don't. Why? But there's a purpose. And let me just emphasize that again at the end of verse 5 and time is slipped away. He predestined us to the adoption of sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intentions of his will. And I have kind intention. I was switching that word with pleasure. Does anybody have a different word, different kind intention, or you have the same word? Kind intention? Great pleasure. pleasure. Great, pleasure. Great, great, good pleasure. Great pleasure. Good, great. Same thing, pleasure. Good pleasure. Okay. So please God. That's right. Just please God. Isn't that amazing? Though, 
that it pleased God to adopt us. So adoption of his children who away with children brings pleasure to God. So God is out to adopt, not to have um, what do you call those children home? Not mentally home. <laughs> Orphanage, you know, because um, some there's some bad parenting, you know, Satan is a bad parent, you know, um, so we can adopt the almost like abandon you to sin, slave, and then there's another concept comes to mind, redemption, redeem. But he does this, look at the top of verse 6 and then let's pause it. And he does all of this for the kind intentions of his will to the praise of his glory, of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. Now, what do you mean? Would my beloved have a big B in it? Your beloved, you have beloved or you have another word? I mean, you have beloved, beloved, beloved? I have dearly loved. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> dearly loved. Who, 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 is there dearly loved? Any, any capitalization of letters there? No, son. Son. You have dearly loved son? Ah! Oh. <laughs> so, 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 so this praise of his glory. Yeah, to the praise of the glory of his grace. To the praise of the glory of his grace. His grace has glory. What is glory again? I say hallelujah. What is glory? A light. To showcase splendor of his grace. That's under the splendor of his grace. It's almost putting some adjective. Because it becomes so immaterial. How, how do you, how do you, how do you touch grace? You ever smell it? Did you ever seen it? But how do you describe grace? And then talks about the splendor or the glory of His grace. But all of that is in this beloved. That's how God decided to bring it through, so He can see all of that because there is a purpose, and God finds that hey in adopting us, calling us, choosing us, predestining, uh, predestination of us as adopted children. brings him great pleasure. And in doing so, it makes his grace look good, shine. See God, look at this God's grace. And we have been the recipient of that splendiferous grace. Amazing grace, some people call it. That's amazing. So, again, as, as Paul is going through this unusual letter he sent out to the believers, and it's these wonderful treasures, things like the treasure chest, as I mentioned earlier, of his grace. I mean, obviously, that's the source being chosen. Yeah, God chose you. That's good. Even though no one else may have chosen you, that God chose you. That should do something for people who have what they call poor self-image. The fact, you ever been on a team and somebody's picking people on their team and they never pick you up? They didn't pick you first? And say, oh, and we have two captains, that's a new captain. All right, you pick your team. And you just wait, okay, who's not? I know a team, a person I'd like to go on. 
And they said, no, I don't look you straight in your eye, boy. And then they said, no, I want them behind her. All right, that one going next round. You're the last person. And all you feel like you're the last person, but all right. Well, okay. And, and you, come on. Sit into that note and say, I'm the last person to be picked. Feeling in self, feeling of self to be inferior to others. But you think I'm bringing no skill to this game? No strength to the team? But God chose you? Long time. Say so you're on God's team. That's it. Cause it a bust out, have a little eruption of smile that God chose you. Not in the sense of arrogance or pride. I think the response should be humility. Why? Why me? Really? Huh. You know, some of these people who is overly dramatic when somebody chews them on TV. Say, oh, no, they, they see this more on um, these people who they call beauty pageant, and they know there's only two of them left, you know, and they, they self figure, like, and why do they hold it, the neck around the chest? <laughs> you know, it's weird. It's a well, jingle bell. Anyway, they've been pretty stylish. Oh, not really. And, and then, them muscular eyebrow, I mean eyelashes, you know, that they do them artificial eyebrows, they do them bench press, you know, and my eyelids. Yeah, <laughs> to be chosen, to be signed by God, for the Prince of His glory, you know, uh, and uh, um, of His amazing grace that gets the splendiferous attention. This is amazing. All of this is, of course, bestowed upon us. Through Jesus Christ, other gotta come to me. This is amazing. What I wanted us to do is to go through. By the way, um, next next week we won't be here. I won't. We won't. We won't. I'm going to try and see if we can leave the the island for for a bit. Um, so the next two Sundays we won't be um, leave on a Sunday, return on a Sunday. So we won't be. So we can spread the word on Bay Street or any other kind of media <laughs> that is available to those who normally come. So persons who are occasional visitors, uh, I will leave her in charge um, <laughs> in case they do come in. She is she's always focused on heavenly things. She, she's of no earthly good, of course, but she's very heavenly minded. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, what's this she get now? Yeah, let me see it. And a big, did she get something red? But that's a big red pen. Yeah, that pen is supposed to shape like that at the bottom. That must be pen. Yeah. I don't trust her. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. And again, the amazing truths and uh, benefits, privileges that are ours in Christ Jesus, all of the wonderful treasures indeed, for indeed we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. And as we go through this treasure chest of blessings, we pray that you will constantly um, remind us and impress upon us these wonderful truths, these wonderful benefits that are ours, and that we would seek to live um, our lives before you in light of these treasures um, and we do so with grateful hearts. Now as we conclude with uh, a desire to 
worship you in a corporate manner with the other members of the incredible body of Christ here at Calvary. We ask that you be pleased with our collective corporate gathering through praise, meditation, and the spoken word. In Jesus' name, Amen.